0: Welcome back. This is Milton Justice, and I am presenting to you my podcast called I Don't Need an Acting Class, based loosely on my book, I Don't Need an Acting Class. In the past episodes, we've talked about a few things. We've talked about the importance of connecting to everything that you talk about. We've talked about the fact that The most helpful way for us to work is to start every play as if we know nothing, so that every piece of information has the possibility of bringing us to life. So, how do I use this? How do I work this? How do I actually take this information and put it into something usable? I have a chapter called Talk it out, don't write it out, and for God's sakes, don't think it out. In college, my final exam in Acting 101 was I had to keep a journal about a character I was assigned. The character was Andre and Chekhov's Three Sisters, and I had a booklet called The Journal of Andre Prozorov. I got a B plus on it, but that was because Jack Hefner was in my class, he would later write the hit play Vanities, and we were graded on a curve and he kind of ruined it for everybody. (laughs) However, years later, I was doing, I was in a production of Boys in the Band in East Hampton, and I was doing the same thing. I was writing out all of this material In fact, I I swear, I did three pages of notes on the title, Boys in the Band, and what it meant. And what ended up happening is I absolutely just got stuck. I got absolutely stuck. And that's when I really began to understand that writing down your actor preparation stifles your acting. Your creative work was on the page. I I think what I should have done was like hand my notebook to the audience and say, this is what I was trying to do. Because that's where the work was. Uh, I was watching this fascinating, fascinating piece on 60 Minutes months ago. And there was an FBI operative. They asked him, how does he prepare that day for a sting operation and he said I talked to myself out loud like a crazy person reciting everything I know about him and it was interesting he said I, I put on the guy's shoes but he was playing an invented character and he was putting on his shoes and putting on his coat and putting the, and then he said and then I would go to the park and I would just talk everything out talk everything out about this character and I think that was a huge key for all of us. I mean, he was going undercover in a sting operation for the FBI. But the talking it out is what gave him ownership of it. People love to write down. Actors love to write down. I think I was bad at writing down because something about me thought one day somebody's going to find my notebooks on my performance and in boys in the band and publish it. I don't know who I thought I was. But, but I was so worried about grammar and so worried about what the wording was that it's, it's like I could have never done any creative work. And here's what, here's, here's what hits me. yes. In a sense, when you're doing a part, you're writing a novel. I mean, this is the difference. The difference is, and I think the novel takes away all the work from us. I'll just have to read this little section. There is a description in Herman Melville's Moby Dick about the Spouter Inn. And it says, the dilapidated little wooden house itself looked as if it might have been carted here from the ruins of some burnt district. And as the swinging sign had a poverty-stricken sort of creak to it. And he goes on. He go, and actually, the truth is, the description of the spouter in goes on for a page and a half. And it's beautiful. It's Herman Melville. But, here's the thing. If you're an act the stage direction says in front of him is the spouter in and the actor has to bring to life what Herman Melville wrote out well if the actor writes it out then all the work is still on the page Uh, years ago I had a student who was working on a scene from Glass Menagerie he was playing the gentleman caller and I said to him uh, I said, so what do you think about Laura, character he's doing the scene with? Seemed like a logical question. And he looked blankly at me. And I knew he spoke English, so I knew that wasn't it. And then I looked at him and I said, Mark, what do you think about Laura? And he, the panic in his face. And I looked at him again and I said, Mark, just tell me, what do you think about Laura?" And he looked at me in a very sweet voice and said, could I check my notes? And look, that says it. Mandy told me that she had a teacher in some place that said they had to turn in three typewritten pages on their character's backstory. Uh, I had another actor, and I was talking, and I said, you know, so how do you work, and sort of things, and he said, oh, well, uh, in the Jim McClure play, I did 50 pages of backstory. Well, What do you do with that? It's a different muscle writing. Our FBI agent didn't write down his guy. I mean, yes, he had to do all sorts of things. He had to speak Farsi. He had all of those things that he had to do, which was part of the job description. But what was important was he talked everything out. I find that everything I, I talk out is helpful. First of all, it's so much easier than writing. Anyway, I hate writing, it's just exhausting. You worry about words, you worry about commas. Oh, it's endless. I may have said this before, but there's this definition of acting that I love that says it's a lie that sounds like it's the truth. Every play is a lie. So, you're not Hamlet, you're not, it's a lie. You're not living in Elsinore, you know, your father didn't die at the hands of your uncle. None of that is true and of course that lie we are meant to make it sound like the truth. So, for people who have told a lie in life before, what happens? You talk it out, you tell it, and every time you tell it you know it more. And in fact, every time you go back to it, you get more detailed and more detailed. And some of them, of course, in life, some of them we do all the time. I, as I said to you once, ages ago, I think I danced with Liza Minnelli at Andy Warhol's birthday party. Also, I may have made it up, but I believe it because I've told it so many times. And it's gotten very, very specific. I see Liza, and I see her sweating, and I see me sweating, and I see the two of us laughing. It's every detail brings it to life more and more. And every time I go back, it's a better story, and it's because it's like rehearsal every time I go back. Um, What I find about writing is it is a wonderful way to avoid acting. And it really is. It's like You feel like you're doing all of this work. You're writing it down, and you're coming up with all these inventive things, but it just doesn't translate. Writing is a totally and completely different muscle. Acting is out. It's not in. And, and it's important that it's out. I often think actors if somehow or another expect there to be like cartoon bubbles over their head, he's upset. <laughs> so and with all of it, I mean, you get used to talking it out. And, and so suddenly I'm upset, which is what's going on with my character, is something that I actually am upset. I have talked it out. I have talked out specifically. I've had it with my father. I have had it with the whole him filling me full of you're popular and well thought of and that's what you need to succeed. So if I build it that way, then I begin to own that part, that particular attitude. And I, I talk out everything. I talk out my relationship to my partner. I talk out my relationship to the past. And I think it also helps because I know when I'm lying. I know when I'm pushing. I know when I'm playing an emotion I don't really feel. And it's very, very interesting because a, a lot of people are really uncomfortable talking out. And every single time they do it, they say, God, it makes such a difference. The joy of living in this particular era that we live in is because everybody is talking on their cell phone And they have those little earbuds and they don't have wires. So people are going down the street talking and you think they're talking to you or years ago you would have thought they were insane. uh, But they're talking to somebody. And so I think this is perfect for actors. You can talk out anything now. You walk down the street, you're talking it out. In talking it out, I began to own the emotion. I began to own the images. I mean, we had all sorts of technique exercises and and a lot of them are, are they seem sort of simple you know describe something from nature describe the set well i mean one of the things that happens is um, and this is so interesting to me chris carmack told me when he went on nashville he was very nervous it was the first episode and he said i was standing in the room of Raina james and Even when he said it to me, you could tell he owned the fact that she was the most powerful woman in Nashville. And he had built it so well that he's telling me a story about how he worked. And he'd built it so well he still owned it. And he said, I built three things in the room. He said, I I built her desk. And he said, the scene was standing at her desk and I talked out. This desk belongs to Raina James, the most powerful woman in country western. And in building it, he knew he owned it. Then he didn't have to work so hard. He didn't have to push an emotion. He didn't have to push, I'm impressed with this meeting I'm having. It's because he had built everything in a very, very interior way, having talked it out, he owned it. Akinde did a similar thing talking out. He had an audition, and he told me about, and this is so funny, because I, I, it's. he told me about it like two days later, he said, yes, as I was driving up to the audition, I was thinking, why, why is he so upset? So he said, rather than, talking out the lines or talking out anything. He said, I talked out why he was so upset about what had happened, whatever the the audition was. And it was exactly the same thing. Maurizio did the same thing. I said, don't rehearse your lines before this audition. I have these exercises that I stole from my friend Deb called fill in the blank. And I said, just fill in the blank. Do a one-minute monologue called I Hate It When. And then improvise it. And the talking it out. He said it was the most confident he's ever been at an audition. And it was because he was talking out everything. So I think that's really the helpful thing. It's the helpful thing that's part of the process. And and I think, here's what happens, I think, when you work on a script. Questions start to come to you. And in an odd sense, it's like doing a documentary. Uh, I had a student, Evan, at Yale, and Evan was so prepared all the time. God, he was just a pain. And so he said, I know you don't like us writing down. Uh, He said, what if I write down questions? And I said, yes, you can write down the questions, but only if you answer them as the character. And... I come from a background of documentaries, so that was particularly interesting to me that it was like doing a documentary on your character. In fact, the documentary I'm doing on you, I brought in an actor to interview you because I wanted him to approach the subject of this documentary we're doing as an actor would approach it. And I heard some of the questions that he asked you. It was as if he was playing the part of Walker. I noticed this the other night. that uh, that I did three documentaries with the actress, Lee Grant, and they were doing a retrospective of her career at the Film Forum, and I went. And I realized, I don't know if I'd noticed it before, but maybe because of what we were doing, and I noticed that when Lee asked people questions, because she was an actress, she was asking them questions in a sense like she was playing the part. She didn't ask the questions like Anderson Cooper, who I love, but he's a reporter. He asked questions a different way. Barbara Koppel, who's won two Academy Awards for documentaries and who is brilliant, was interviewing Lee. Barbara asks questions differently. She gets answers out of people, but it's different than the way Lee did. And what was really interesting is how the people would talk to her because of it and how touching it was because it was an actor interviewing a character. So it it hit me. If you're interviewing your character, you don't ask the question like it's a fact you want to report. If you're doing a play, say, like All My Sons, and you're playing Anne, and as an actor, you may think, why would Anne? Marry her dead fiance's brother, but if you ask the question again as the experience of the question, not like you're interviewing her, there's a total difference between how could you marry your you know your dead fiance's brother and the actress who both as a person is asking the question, but is kind of moving into her mentality. And everything is out, everything is talked about. And by the way, you may not be able to answer the question right away. You know you have to have the answer to that question before you can do the part. You may not be able to answer it right away, fine. But you you have become invested in your character, not like a report for the seventh grade not like my report in college on the life of Andrei Prozorov, that I got a B-plus on, but I'm not bitter. And I think if if you were to couple with um, the podcast we did earlier, I start every play as if I know nothing, with this idea that I talk everything out and I ask questions in the way that an actor asks questions. Questions, not a news reporter, if I say my play takes place in 2020 in New York and I start by saying I know nothing and then I say what is it like to live in 2020? Then as an actor I have to think of the political situation. I have to think of the difficulty of survival for people. I have to think of the anger in the country. So I never assume I know the answer to the question. I always think this is is part of the great opportunity of acting. The great opportunity of acting is that it allows me to create this world in a very experiential way. Not a factual way, not a literary way, not a way that I'm going to hand my essay out to the audience. I'm building it in a way that I'm experiencing everything that I talk about. And then I begin to own it. Then the lie sounds like the truth. In our next episode, I think we'll take a moment to bring you up to date on our history as actors in the 21st century which includes, obviously, Konstantin Stanislavsky, his relationship to Stella Adler, and the teachers that Stella Adler has taught, including me. And we'll have a look at the history of how all of this happened, that all of a sudden, one day, we were doing realistic acting. That's next time on I Don't Need an Acting Class. Hi, everybody. It's Walker Vreeland. I'm the producer of I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. Director of online media is Evan Sollers, and music is provided by David DeJuice. If you have a question or comment you'd like Milton to address on an upcoming episode, email us at questionsformilton at gmail.com. Again, that's questionsformilton at gmail.com. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. Thanks so much for listening.